What up, everybody? Welcome to the pod. Good evening, my Salty Bald Rocks brethren. podcast. Yes. You are the only one with a nice set of hair in this place. Dude, it's, um, it's going. It's, it's, Casey, I'm it's just going to say you're the best looking guy in the room. <laughs> Shut up. I agree with yeah, in the room. I'd kiss you. Well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a good looking. No, guy. It exactly. It's just in the room. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, totally. right. You're yeah, just you in the room fl- with a couple. Flight of, of the Concords. The three, the three ugly guys podcast. We can do that. <laughs> that gets. I guarantee you that already exists. It's gotta. Yeah. And they're all not ugly. They're probably. They're all decent. Chiseled. Like, looking you, like the statue of David. You know. Do you remember um, Wayne's World? And there was the radio DJ, his name was Handsome Dan. Oh. And then they met him, and he was not handsome. They're like, and they were like, hey, uh. Handsome Dan. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know what to say. Anyways. Sweet. Awesome sauce. Well, here we are. What are we doing tonight? What are we doing today? Boys? Right now. You tell me. You tell me. I got a question I want to ask you guys. Chris oh, has a gosh. thing. Yeah. Here's his thing. No, Here's Chris's thing. <laughs> you get like this every time I want to talk about we the both things. Like, that's a, I just that's a hard eye roll, too. I just wanted to say, here's your thing. Here's my thing. Are you guys watching anything this new explicit. on Netflix? I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. Uh, okay. You know. Are you guys watching anything? Uh, no. Yes. You, just got your, you just got your nose in the word. Just dive Dude, in. Dude, I watch just, all the bad just, shows. Just, just say that. Chugging scripture. Does that, am I still a Christian even though I watch Ozark? Yes. I don't know. No, I mean that. no. You're not. Absolutely not. Am I still a Christian if I watch Death and Destruction and Adultery and Fornication? Nope. You better turn back in that Christian badge. Speak into your mic, please. You better turn back in that Christian badge. (laughs) Give it back, son. That's a real question. You didn't earn that. I mean, that's a good one. How can people who truly love the Lord watch the kind of shows that some Well, he says that the eye is the lamp of the body, right? Dude, it's dark up in there, bro. So you watch Ozark? Ward Huggy. What's going on? Oh, that's Huey. That's Ward Sorry. Huey. <laughs> Ward Huggy. What up, Huggy? What up, Ward Huggy? Dub Hug. Dub Hug. That's awesome. Outer Banks. I've never seen it. And yes, if you comment, we will give you a nickname. That's right. You that's know? what happened. His, yeah. his nickname is Ward Huggy. That's, that's incentive to go and jump on our podcast. <laughs> Dub Hug. So that's your incentive to go to Facebook and follow Salty Dogs Christian Podcast. And then we go live typically every other Tuesday night around And we do interact. And we do interact, yeah. We'll talk to you. Unless it's so, lame and then we won't. We'll shake your hand. We'll so, do the quarantine No, hug. listen. So I've been watching – I watch a, a show called Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. What'd you F-A-U-D-A, Fauda. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a terrorist – terrorist uh, – terrorist cell – Jerusalem, okay. Palestine kind of thing. Yeah. Sounds lame. Pretty good. No, it's great. Okay. It's good. It's subtitled, but it's a good storyline. Right. And I just finished Ozark Season 3, blew, blew through that. Did you like it? Was and then it I'm good? watching Better Call Saul now. Dude, Better Call Saul is good. I feel I've, I feel disgusting after I watch that kind of stuff, honestly. Ozark I do. That's why I haven't watched you're, the third season. The Holy Spirit is still convicting you. I think I'm... May not be you, oh, so, you're you're may mature. Not be so you're mature. He's a he's right. a, he's a mature. Breath. He's a mature. Believer. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, no, he's okay. saying that he's been cast off. He's oh, the, the, oh. the wheat and the chaff. He's been separated. Let's no, don't. I I, you know, I was just that. thinking about this. Though. I reject that. This Good. is a re- this reject. is a real thing though, because like uh, t- for me, you know, after sobering up and stuff, and you know, coming out of that, I, I started realizing, uh, you know, where these empty spaces were in my life you know that were filled with you know alcohol right and so but then i found myself like i I, now i i don't really play video games but let me tell you something there's a game that i play that i love it's called fallout 4 which Mm. is sick 
and I went on like a three day bender, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I thought about it's it. Like you got to do something. I know. And then I thought about it and I was like, I was like, dang, dude, I just went on a bender. It just wasn't on alcohol, you right. know, but it into me in my mind. And I started thinking about it and it was convicting. Cause I was like, man, like how easy, how easily I'm distracted from, from the small details in life, you know? And, and <laughs> like, I, I, man, the other day I was just like super upset about it, you know? And I was like, man, right. God, like, why can't you just like, why can't I just be always lit fam? You know, like, why, why can't I always be like that? You know, it's always a distraction. There's always something, man. Getting hit with the glory. Like even Netflix, I like, I, I watch a lot of movies, you know? And then I'm like, man, like I could be, I yeah. could definitely be doing something else with my time. I've always wondered, but we're like, oh, you know, it's the, it's the quarantine days. You know, we're going to think, think back on this when we're 96 and be like, so when I used to drink a lot, um, and you I still just, drink a lot. and I just pointed at you cause <laughs> why, you why know, did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> so when I used to drink a lot, Lord, I, thank you that thing, I'm not like this guy. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to think about like how much money I actually spent on alcohol. And I was like, somewhere there's a number, like whether, you know, if it's written in the Golly, book, what do you, you know, but you how much have I spent on alcohol in my entire life? What is or, like number? drugs or whatever it is? I don't know, but now I wonder about how much time I've actually spent on media. How many times has my thumb swiped? Right? How many? You got times a thick thumb. I can. As far as I, bro, I got like. That's a that's a thumb that's a thumb wrestling thumb if I ever saw bro. You you swiped as as far as our sins are from the east from the from the west. How many times you've swiped? Oh my gosh! Wow. And there were a number of books laid before them, and in in each of them were the amount of times Jason swiped his thumb. But you know what I'm saying? Like how many hours of media? That's a sickening thought. I dude, you know I I feel bad because I just took I just put out my my instagram the other day on the last podcast and then i'm like you know what this sucks bro you deleted it <laughs> well i didn't delete it i just like deleted the app uh, but i'm gonna have, have all there's, these... there's a bro you better jump on because you might have messages of people it's, who it's said true. they want to like hey, well, dude yeah we got we got i got one from from a cat out in colorado um he man if i had my instagram i'd look it Check up it right give now him a shout out. i'm give sorry him a shout out. yeah for real uh but man no we we already had some feedback from that and people good, like man. asking to go and he's like yeah man I'll go with you I was like dope so yeah. drop them so here right. here's what I've been watching uh, here's where I was going with this have you seen the new show Waco that's on there yeah oh did you watch it pretty good you watched it yeah okay I haven't but it's I'm with going to David, David Koresh. Koresh. yeah so branch did you have any Waco, any well I'll just tell you kind of the deep thoughts that I had during it. You're, I'm watching this show, and for those of you that aren't familiar, well, I mean, I think everyone for the most part is pretty familiar with what happened in Waco. Guys out there living on a compound, claims to be, who does he, he doesn't claim to be Jesus, but he claims to be a messiah. someone, yeah. A messiah. You tell us, he claims to be the, the lamb. Well, I don't know that he, yeah, he claims to be the lamb that's yeah. going to open the and seven it, seals. Yeah. So, oh. so, yeah, so he's out here, and their the acting is really good. Uh, John Leguizamo is in it, it's, it's really good. Anyways, I'm watching this guy, and did you feel uh, – I'm only on episode three. I just finished. I'm going into episode four. They just raided the house and all that stuff. So you're watching this guy. Did you – do you feel like up to that point to episode three about the halfway mark that he seems like a pretty likable guy? Yeah. Like you you, you get in this – In the show. In the show. Okay, but yes, right. Like in the show, you get this, you get this feeling that, man, even though this guy is like – saying all this off the wall stuff and he's clearly going off a, a ledge he seems like a likable guy that loves people and that wants to make a difference in yeah. spreading a message i think i think i think that that show romanticizes you know 
uh, you know, because right. he was it, it, he was also a polygamist. You know what I mean? Right, and right. Weird stuff, man. So, but uh, anyways, here here's the thought that I had during it is is I'm sure it was darker than they really depicted on the show. Yeah, oh yeah. But I you're you're watching this show, and I'm just wondering if other people found his character, at least that they portrayed on the show. They had to spin him to be likable, yeah. right? And and you to kind of have some sort of pull to him. So here's the well, question. Well, typically those cult leaders though have a certain air of charisma. Okay, to so them. here's here's where I'm going with this. You have a man that can rally a group of people, Uh-oh. can take their wives, oh. can take their children. I mean, he convinced people to like, hey, right. listen, God is is calling. He wants me to give you a baby, and these babies that we're gonna have, they're gonna be with like the what they call them? the elders, like the know. elders yeah, of the whatever. Elders. So, anyways, so he had this full Kool Aid thing that they're drinking. Like, I know there's a literal thing, but like he's spewing this theology that is like off the wall. But bro, you hear this stuff. And you see people going to him and they're around. This guy's got charisma. He's likable. He's got all these traits. He's a leader and all of this stuff that's going on. And people go and follow him and they do these things. And I just could not help but think about leaders that do that today. Makes me wonder how many times I've twisted the word. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, or even, you know, as a leader that I've led people to do things that may not be right or, or, you know, the same thing. Like I'm just thinking about not necessarily even within the church. I think people may think that I'm just going to go straight full blown and say that, oh, this is kind of a bend towards pastors, but it definitely gets you thinking about the way that leaders, it doesn't matter if they're within the church or outside of the church, that if they have this form of charisma, they can rally people to do something. And they can rally people to get behind their cause and to champion it. I just – I found it really interesting, and that's where my thoughts went when I was yeah. watching this show. I, I think people have an innate desire to do what's right and be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so you know, there would be people on the outside looking in that would say, well, they were weak-minded or something like that. But people fall to all kinds of things and ideologies and – whether it's a religion or it's a worldview, people are looking for that thing that sounds right to them. Right. And especially if there's some sort of charismatic, likable individual behind the movement, it's a lot yeah. I guess, easier for people to, to get on board with some of that stuff. Don't you think? I think so. Um, I know at least personally for me, um, you know, worship is where I draw that to, or where I, where I come, I mean, I'm not a pastor by any means, you right. know, but just doing worship and stuff. And I know that, um, and this isn't arrogance. It's just, I know that I have a gift, you know what I mean? From, from playing at churches, but, or playing in bars, you know what I mean? It was always a gift to be able to move people, you know, and to be able to, and that kind of charisma, that kind of charisma, but I can also draw the comparison there to, um, when I was using that gift for myself and then when I was using it for him, right. You right. know, and, uh, also I think, um, I think when, when you say that a lot of people have, you know, like the inherent thing, like they really want to do good. I just think that they lack the capacity to be patient and wait, you know what I mean? And to really, um, seek the Lord's guidance first, you know, and to let, and to let that let the leading of the Holy Spirit lead them to lead. Right, you know? right. And I think that, and it makes sense, complete sense, because our culture and where we come from, everything is right now, you know, and and it is. It's loud, proud, you know, who's got the biggest whatever, you know, right, from right. companies to 
churches. I mean, it's, it's, we've kind of packaged that all to all the same and, and it's, it's became a mm. consumer thing. And yes, we are supposed to consume the body and blood of Christ, but man, to me, that consumerism just kind of, you know, it, and I'm not bashing on the church. Right. You yeah. Know, no, I, I feel I, you. I went through that. It's just, it's just, but I know what you're talking about, like charisma, because like when you have a really good speaker or somebody like that, you know, and, and, and that's dude, when I was watching his character, that's obviously being portrayed. That <clears throat> was probably not what exactly what he was like. I just kept thinking about the ability that pastors have, or that anyone in a church has to like you, the people want that charismatic leader. Like they want that person yeah. that's got the good voice, that is elegant with their words, mm. that can rally, <clears throat> that can lead. Well, and I'm not saying that all pastors are like it, it, I'm just drawing these parallels. This is where my mind was going sure. when I was watching this show. There's so many similarities and and I even started thinking about because he starts recognizing like uh, you have potential. He starts speaking to people and getting them right. to do things yep. and leveraging that influence. Mm -hmm. And dude, it's kind of so sounds like recruiting volunteers, right? Exactly. Or, <laughs> or recruiting people to step into positions of leadership. And I know that this is what we're going to be kind of talking right. about tonight, but yep. I, I'm sitting here and I'm watching him do these mind tricks. I mean, there's points where he's literally manipulate, manipulating emotions and, and getting people to step into yeah. this cult to be a part of this, to fulfill whatever mission he has yeah. or that he believes God has. And I really do believe mm -hmm. that this that man believed, believed that God told yeah. him to do these things. Why else would he have done so? So this well, is where my mind is going. I start yeah. thinking about like calling and people being told, hey, you can be something great or something big or you have a calling on your life because of this charismatic maybe gifting that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we were watching this documentary and I think maybe it was on Netflix. I can't remember where it was, but it was about this leader from India and maybe it was like in the late seventies or early eighties. Oh, Gandhi. And not Gandhi. <laughs> oh, no, but, Never heard of him. but, but he had this group of people. Um, so essentially all these Americans were traveling to India to be a part of this movement. Oh, and it was yeah. a lot of meditation it, kind of stuff. Well, it went to Utah. I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, yeah. So what ended up happening was it was this one, you know, this one guy who was leading this whole thing. And the more you get into it, the more you realize he was um he was actually encouraging people to like be creative and create through art and music and that kind of stuff, but he was also a polygamist. He was also um telling them that they could engage in orgies and that they could like smoke weed and do drugs. And so it was like this psychedelic kind of hippie style yeah, like Eastern kind of Eastern kind of religion that was real, you know, bent on meditation, but w with, um, what am I trying hallucinogens and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And these people were, were going from America and they were visiting here and then they were coming back because they oh, said they snap. found something that they'd never found before. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, who, who wouldn't want to be a part of something like that if they were really trying to figure out a religion and saying, Hey, I want to be a part of something spiritual. And then they get into these meditative practices and they get to take drugs and they get to have sex with whoever they want to have sex with. Who wouldn't want to sign up? Sign me up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If that is the only like invitation that you have into a religion, or maybe that's the only one that you've ever explored, you've been exposed to you're going to be like, like heck that. yeah, this is freaking great. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So anyways, it's, it's wild, bro. I just, I just had those parallels. And then as we were, you know, kind of kicking around the topics, I thought the one that we're going to talk about tonight sounded really good to me. I just, I don't know. I thought it flowed in well to potentially talk about it, but there's something about leveraging 
charisma and authority, whether that's given to you by a people or been placed on you, you know, by God, you know, or, or on yourself. I don't know. There's, there's, there's something interesting about that dynamic of the people want someone to follow. Right. Well, you guys all know Sam McVeigh. If you listen to the podcast over the years, Sam McVeigh's love been that on. guy. Yep. Yep. And you both here at the table know him too. One of the things that he said one time, I think on our podcast that I'll never forget, he said, as a leader, he said, I have to be careful not to recruit people to my mission, my mission and my vision, lest I take them away from what God has called them to. That's good. He's so, so he's so wise, man. You're so wise, yeah. Sam McVeigh. Young Sam McVeigh. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, hey, I've got yeah. this vision. I've got this mission. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. We're going to change the city. A.K.A. All every this church stuff. planner strategy and then, in America. And then what if the Lord had something else for them, right? And then what happens like, hey, I feel like the Lord's calling me to you know, start a homeless ministry. Well, why don't you go do that? Because we're not doing that here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyways – like pulling them away from their calling to help you do whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, it's not always like that. No, it's but, not. You know, we've. But it's know. happened enough to where it's, sure. it's, it's impacted us. So, so our true. topic for tonight. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Want to move into that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's all pretty close. Kick it off. So we're calling this leading beyond your level of maturity. And so we actually put out a question into the group. And salty somebody, dogs, salty Facebook dogs, group. Facebook group. And somebody suggested, um, can you pull that up? Do you have that ready, yeah. readily yeah, available me, or can you go minute. jump on it? Yeah, I'll find it. Give me Cause I would like to kind of read, read it verbatim it. and it kind of stemmed out of a conversation that I was having with Christine, my sister-in-law. And so just to give a little bit of background and kind of paint the picture for what happened when I moved to, uh, Wichita from you're, Houston, you're getting pretty honest today, aren't you? I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a, get a little bit, getting a little bit of a check in my spirit about what I say. But let's just say that um, my previous ministry experience before I moved to Wichita to become a church planter slash campus pastor, um, I had never led in a full time ministry position before. I had only been sober for a number of months hours <laughs> yeah right um i i had i had sobriety for years before that but i also was not um i don't know i i wasn't in a good place but you know i prayed a prayer and that prayer was answered pretty quickly by the, what i believe was the lord and i was given opportunity but i also think that because of the jump from where I was to where I was to where I ended up when I came here to be a church planner, yeah. it was such a massive jump that it required a, a crazy level of maturity to happen in such a short amount of time. But what I've realized looking back is that I didn't really mature during that time. I only led in a way that gave the air of maturity and I was actually dying on the inside knowing that I wasn't the person that I was trying to become. Well, but you became the and kind you became of. you became what you were supposed to be, which is this right here. You know sure. I mean? Yes. And so and so within that, yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, God gave you grace, a lot of grace because you didn't have maturity in that level, you know. Um but that's process, man, because that through that, you know and and a lot of these things, man, you know, even even when we're talking about you know, our missteps or our miscalculations or, you know, uh, 
not hearing right or whatever, you know, um, man, I just, that to me is process. Right. And I agree. And, and, and yeah, what was I going to say? Well, I don't have, I don't really have any regrets. That's not what I'm saying. No regrets. But I, but I think (laughs) no regrets essential. Um, I think what I'm saying is that I actually didn't realize until maybe just a couple of days ago yeah, you hit me up. that I was like, that I'm realizing a level of immaturity in my life right now that I think might've been stifled. That process may have been stifled by having to jump into a situation where I was acting the part more than I was actually being changed into the part. Right. So let me, so let me say something. Can I, do you want me to read the question? Yeah. Hold on okay. one second. Let me say, let me, uh, our buddy Joe Clausen said something. And I think what he said is, is really great. It says one of the great mercies of God is that he will use us based upon our obedience, not our readiness. Mm-hmm. I think I was ready to be used and I think I was obedient in it, but I also feel like, again, there was this inner narrative going on this inner turmoil of, of it. And it could have been Satan and some of it could have been true. I mean, I don't know how much of this like is what or the other, but a lot of, I'm not worthy. I mean, I was still struggling with lust and all that stuff. So I had a lot of stuff going on while I was trying to function in this position. I felt really alone, not being able to bring out a bunch of what was happening in my mind, because I felt like if I was honest about where I was, I would have been disqualified. Right. And that's where, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking back, realizing like I pushed a bunch of that stuff down. I didn't really deal with it because the, the pace of the ministry was so demanding that I didn't really have time to slow down and deal with some of the things that was going on inside of me. Yeah. Right. So I've carried that into right now. Right. And I think, and that's a good word too. I mean, cause how often, because it is fast paced, you know, and it's now, 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 now. And then you just really don't have that time to sit down and, 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 and even in my, like we were just talking about in my personal life, you know, like distracted, you know, or, um, just not really purposely taking that time to, to chill out, with the Lord, you know what I mean? How, yeah. how often do you just sit silent for, and pray, not even with words, you just sit there silent, you know, and, and the importance of that. And, and what I wanted to say too, about, you know, when you came out here or perhaps in any of our journey, you know, any of our journeys, man, I, I've just, God has really been putting this phrase on my heart is that, you know, not showing me who he is, showing me who he isn't. So that, you know, and so when we go through those things and experience those things personally, you know, obviously we don't want to make that the the norm that's, you know, obviously, but there's just a lot of things that I think God has been doing in, in all of our lives personally, and that he did to show us exactly who he's not. Right. And and I love that when you really study the Old Testament and you start to look into that, you see, you know, we tend to think of like, oh, man, this is this harsh, you know, God who's doing this and this and that. But really what he was doing is showing, hey, there's all these other gods that people are following and I'm not them. Yeah. That's not who I am. Here's wow. who I am. And that's that's a that's really good. powerful thing. Yeah. Go ahead and read that. Yeah. Here's that question. Um, it says. Uh, performance-based leading or leading uh, beyond your maturity level, how even with the greatest of intentions, you can set uh, can set you back years in your own personal and hinder others in the process. And here's what I think about when I start thinking about this topic is that, you know, a lot of times 
young leaders and well no i'll just say that i'll just say this a lot of times when you start a church and you're and you're running and you're doing things there's things to be done there's people to be cared for there's campuses to be started there's um there's just a lot of stuff to do and so obviously you know church leaders and pastors and, and ministry leaders what they do is go man the there's the the harvest is plenty but the workers are few let's get some workers that's well, the classic verse who, bro. who's been who's <laughs> been and here but listen here Here's what do you the know anything about gardening? Usually, no, I don't, but... usually looks like who's showing up, who's volunteering, who's consistent. It seems like those are the metrics to gauge who to put into a leadership position. Right. Yeah. And so oftentimes what happens is, is we'll toss people into these positions of leadership. And I'm guilty of this. Um, and I'm going to share a story of, of kind of when I did this too soon as leaders, sometimes or pastors, we're not asking the right questions to really see how people are doing like and in way too quickly disqualify people and are not willing to walk with them through their mess when, while they're leading. It's almost kind of like a don't ask, don't tell policy within ministry. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to ask you if you're sleeping with your girlfriend, uh, because if I do, then that means I might have to remove you from this position. And, and I if I move you that, from yeah, this position, I'm not going to have a worship leader or a kid's pastor or a youth pastor or whatever. And so what ends up happening is though, is, is these young leaders, you, me, all three of us at the table in different points in the, in, in our ministry careers, what we've seen happen is, is that we've been damaged ourselves and we've damaged other people as well because we weren't ready to lead at the capacity that we were, that we were leading at. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Jason. But, but I was just, I was just going to say that I, I can look back on the time where I was church planting and we were, you know, we had this thing going and there were quite a few people come in and I was leading the best that I could during the time. And I was depending on the Lord every step away. That's no, right. that's no yeah. joke. Yeah, right. Like that was absolutely happening. But what I was doing more than anything was I was depending on the Lord to make the ministry happen and to make the ministry live and exist so much so that that's all I ever depended on him for. Yeah. The, the intimacy was little to none. Well, the intimacy was like, Oh God, I'll, I'll, Oh, attendance was down this weekend. Let me check out. Let me check my heart or well, no one gave their life to Christ this weekend. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And well, so it also, I think that's what you're getting. The at. biggest, yeah. The biggest fear that I had during that time was somebody asking me, how's your relationship with Jesus? Because I didn't have one. Are you kidding at, me? I'm a at, pastor. What do, you, least, what do you think? Well, at least, yeah, exactly. At least not like on a. On you a, see this Bible? On a, Check it out. A deep, These pages are worn, and it's, it's got my a name. That it's got my name is. embedded on it, son. I know, right? Go have ahead, you seen sorry. my bumper stickers? Have you seen my refrigerator? Yeah, bro, I got a sick verse magnet collection. Do yeah. Go I'm ahead. Only one that a true church planner. We, inter we, we, we interrupted you. It's totally fine. Um, but yeah, it's. I honestly didn't have much of a personal intimate relationship with the Lord during that time. It truly was. I wanted his hand more than I wanted his face. Mm, right. Dang. And there was so, you know, we're going to grow. We got to get more people. We got to get volunteers. We got to do this event. We got to do these things and all those things, they served a purpose and they were beneficial in the way that the Lord used them to be beneficial. Right. It was one of those things like, despite kind of all the craziness that was happening, but I just can't help. But look back now and think about, again, how lonely I felt, um, the amount of inner turmoil that was happening, the amount of um, unworthiness that I felt. And then the truth about where I was in my relationship was something that I just pushed down that I, so that I didn't have to really face it. 
And then I also didn't feel like there was anybody that I could talk to about that. I, and I know there are people who will say that they were in my life during that time and that I could have come to them with anything, but it doesn't change the fact how I was feeling during that time. Right. Yeah. No, nobody wants to, nobody really truly wants to like throw everything out on the table and be 100 percent open about all the things that are going through their mind. Right. And then especially leading a church plant and thinking that where my life was, that if I was found out, then I would have been taken down from my ministry position. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I mean, I, I, I get it. And so there's that fear and I think there are other leaders. And so this is what we're talking about with leading beyond your level of maturity. We're not talking about how to lead beyond your level of maturity. You know, that would just no, be a podcast. That, how to yeah, guide, that would know? be a podcast on how it's, to mature it, in the Lord. It's almost like a really a warning, if you will. What I and, and honestly, I mean, and there there are exceptions to the rule. I know that there are pastors out there who are great uh, caretakers for their people. They they are in their lives. They're asking the tough questions. They're walking along, alongside them. That exists. I, I know it does. I've personally, um, I, I've experienced it once with one person and a couple other but it's it's definitely not the majority i don't think for a lot of people to have this space to where someone is walking along with them like because here's what happens as a pastor you jump in and your maturity does not increase but your load increases and the tasks increase and so it just keeps growing and growing and growing and you're not growing in maturity to keep up with those tasks because you're still back you know, on it's step like putting one. an adult camel load on the back of a baby. This camel. is all. This is all going back to trees for me too, man. Like, Uh-oh. imagine the fruit, man. Like, you're beyond your capacity to bear that. You oh know? right, yeah. And and I and this is this is one of the keys here, man. Is that we're we are overlooking the process of growth and what it. And right. Look, I mean, everything in nature that grows, it takes time, man. But yeah. like I said, it comes back. That's a big thing. Is that it's this huge. does take time? It's, it's, it's absolutely it's huge. But the and demands how, and of how, ministry can't wait. And for you time. know, when Jason was talking about how lonely he was, man, I just had a vision in my mind about, you know, and I felt what he felt like it back then, man. Because I know what lonely is too, and man, like. How, how th- that's like who can you talk to? Who can you right. really be honest with? And, and how that's a, just a, that's a horrible shit. Situ- situation. <laughs> no situation. I you mean, know? just say it. It just really is. That's man. a really crappy <laughs> situation. <laughs> Speaking but, of Netflix, shit's Creek's pretty good too. That is a good show. You guys Anyways. are crazy. Um, but we are, we are overlooking the growth process here. You know, that's like taking fruit that's not ripe yet and eating it's bitter. You know, oh, what I mean? right. That's yeah, like, that's for sure. You know, we pull this thing out of the ground like a new believer. And, you know, and I say and I say this because it happened to me. You know what I mean? I'm a drug addict and I'm up there. You know, I got for the for, for the sake of plugging me in or getting somebody plugged into that role in that position, overlooking my personal life so that we can fill a role. Well, this is a really unique in, in situation because we have that pastor <laughs> at this table was for me. the interview that put you, it was me. In, I mean, I, I'm not but saying that, that this is all that, on that you. That wasn't his idea. I know. Though, I know. You know what I mean? Casey, but I'm, Casey it's saying, an interesting dynamic because we literally like, you, and this, you did this and, this and I'm is, not saying, I'm not yeah. trying to blame. And this is why, and this is why we're able to talk about it though, because, and if we hadn't gone through that, through that, then we wouldn't be able to share as a warning or as just a, Hey, check you know, heads up, you know, right. because we've been through this. We've done that. I no, have I was, done that. You know? I was trying to recruit Casey because he was a great musician. He was my friend and loved him. He was struggling with some things in his life. And we felt like if we could just give him the opportunity that he would rise to the occasion. Right. And I did right. not. And you know, 
As a I matter mean, of fact, as a matter of fact, I crashed and burned, bro. Pretty much. I mean, no, heavily. I still remember we invited you to a coffee shop to actually officially ask you to be the worship leader. Wasn't that I was high on Xanax? Or and something. you were high at the yeah. coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I think we <laughs> we went back we went back to the apartment because you were living with me at that time, and we were sitting in the or standing in the parking lot, and I was yelling at you at the top of my lungs. I hadn't done that to anybody in years, and we were having it out, bro. And you yeah, didn't even dude. remember the next day. I know. I said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. You're like, for what? <laughs> Crazy. Maybe I said and, for uh, what because I was like, bro, I already forgot about that. Yeah. And, nah, and that was me trying to recruit you as a worship leader. It's in, crazy. In our church plan. It's crazy. And I mean, that's there's some level of shame there for me, too, because like, but like I said, man, gosh, this is such an interesting topic to to really talk about from, from experience, you know, and that, that is, I think that is a dangerous thing, man. Honestly, it can be dangerous and set people back and hurt people. Like I'm, I, I know I hurt a lot of people, man, you know, by, by that, just being a part of and affiliated with that, you know? Well, I think that all of us, well, I can say that I have been put in a position before I was ready and I have put others in positions of leadership and influence before they were ready. Um, and so I can speak to both of those. And right now I'll speak to putting someone in a position before they were ready. And I'll tell you what my thoughts yeah, were and what was going on in, through my head at the time. Now, this is coming from a perspective of someone who was leading in a brand new church plant and trying to get this baby off the ground and trying to do whatever we had to do to get things running and gunning. Are you talking about your brother? Uh, no, but he is. Well, no, nah, no, nah, he's a whole oh, okay. different thing. All right. Um, but I had a I had a person in my life who... Um, we needed a worship leader and it's those worship leaders, man. They're always, they come with the most baggage, but they're the most skilled. Oh yes. I know musicians, musicians, creative people come with a lot of baggage, dude. Dude. Well, I've, so, I've heard about church plants letting like unbelieving people play in the worship band. Oh yeah. And then, well, I mean, then it's always a, it's always a good ending. Like, oh, they come to know the Lord. But anyways, we're not here to say whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I've heard that happening. Right, right. So for me, I knew that this person was going through it, was recently fresh out of some very traumatic instances in their life um, and was definitely not ready. Yet I pushed them into this position and encouraged them to step into this because we needed it and we needed their talents and we needed their skills and, and all of this stuff. And they stepped into that position. Bro, you're so sick on the harmonica. Oceans can really use a nice little solo <laughs> and just, we think the Lord really wants you up there. To, your kazoo skills your, that's are right. of the Lord. <laughs> but so, Kill so anyway, kazoo, so I, I leveraged this relationship to, Move a ministry forward while damaging a friendship and oh. also damaging that person. Damn, son. Um, and and I'd love to say that damage. You know, there there was reconciliation years later, but this is more not common good, right? than not. So yeah. so tell me then, what based on your interpretation of the situation, or maybe any kind of conversation you might have had with that person afterwards, later on down the road, what was it about that? situation that caused damage and how did the damage happen uh it it felt like all i cared about i didn't care about them as a person that i cared about what they could do and in yeah. in one of our last conversations before reconciliation years later they said um i wasn't ready for this why did you why did you do that why did you let me step into this i Yikes. i wasn't ready Whoa. um and yeah. and so i can get 
pretty passionate about this topic because I've seen it. And if you, so I just don't want this to happen to people again. And I don't ever want to do this to anyone again. Well, I'm probably never going to work for church. Yeah. Again, so well, it never will happen. Well, let me kind of, let me speak to something. And I think maybe this will help open some stuff up is that, you know, my biggest fear was exposing my unworthiness based on hidden sin and, and just kind of struggle with everything else that's going on, not feeling unworthy, all these other things. And so I was afraid that I would be number one found out. And then two, that I would lose my ministry position that I would like, I would fall from the pulpit, right? Like we've seen this happen. Um, right. And so I would just say that based on the, the denomination that I was a part of, had I come out with some of the stuff, maybe, I don't know. It, it's possible that I could have, I don't know who knows at this point, it's just speculation, but my biggest fear was losing that role and that title as pastor and being found out. And what I've noticed that the Lord has done over time, based on the way that he has led us every step of the way, as we've made a ministry change, as I've kind of had my role redefined and I've sought him and said, okay, here's, here's how I'm being used for the body. Here's where the ministry's going. I've actually been led completely out of leadership in ministry. That's right. dope though. You know. I'm totally out of it. But how freeing is that? Oh, exactly. So freeing. And so and- I just recently had a conversation with some people at the source about how I need to take a pretty big step back and really just function in my role right now as um, know your role, kind of, son. Yeah, know your role, bro. Slow your role. Know your role. And um, anyways, I've been led to that place by the Lord, and it's just within the past couple of days that I've had some realizations about that stuff. And it was just yesterday the day before that I realized, man, all of that time living up to a standard, living up to a title, living up to a role, thinking that that's bro. the only way that I have value in the body, that has actually kept me from maturing. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that's completely true. And, you know, I was going to say that about, you know, getting burnt out. Like when we select just the people who show up, just the people who give and just the people who are consistent, you know, right. what happens, those is, metrics, what happens is we put those people in those positions and then they're the only people that they're, that are in those positions. And then they end up getting burnt out because the work is so much work, but then also the viewpoint, and this is what I was going to say. And I'm glad that you went into that, you know, about how freeing that is because when the work, and I relate this to, to doing tree work. Okay. So there's, there's different, there's different sides to tree work. Okay. There's like, um, there's where, where I started out, which is a small company, but climb it all the time. You know what I mean? Small company wise, not make not pushing millions or whatever, you know, but like, but doing it. And what, and what I found is when it wasn't work then, you know what I mean? It was, it was a love that I, that I, that, that I was, that I was consistently being energized by. And so now, and then I got, I got semi good at climbing and then I started working for production companies because I could produce. It turns out I could produce. Yeah. And so what I found is what the, when, when the numbers is all that matters, when the money is all that matters, and, and I'm a climber and you're paying me really good money, but if numbers is all that matters to you and your company, for me, that's not an energizing thing. That's actually work. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And now I'm – and when you say we put standards on something – okay, I, I had this situation today with my boss, man. He expected something that I could not deliver that I wouldn't deliver. And so he had to do, he had to, he had to move some stuff around to make sure that that job happened, but I was under equipped. I wasn't, I wasn't able to do it in the time frame. a hand removal, you know what I mean? And so that's not, that's not energizing to me. That's, that's, that's production numbers. Yeah. And that's all that matters to you. Well, then yeah. that's not, 
it's not a love, right? So the work isn't coming from a place of love and I'm actually getting to a place and I'm not saying that this will always be that way, but it's now it's like, damn, dude, I got to get up and go to, go to work when, when, where it used to be, dude, I climbed trees every day and I loved it. And now it's just numbers, 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 man. And so when we do that, when I liken that into the church, right, to producing and the numbers is all that matters, not, not necessarily just bodies and seats, but whatever, if it's just production, then, then it's not going to come from a place of deep, deep worship and, Uh, and, and like being a part of that work. I was just going to say, I thought of the phrase that, um, good intentions coupled with unrealistic unrealistic expectations is still damaging. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. is it's, all, it's all good intentions. It's all good inten- intentions, but then we have unrealistic expectations. And I think uh, Dub Hug or Ward Huey said... A quick shout out to Travis Crow. That guy's actually in the house with me, man. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, he, sweet he, deal. What's dude. up, man? Um, so he, uh, Ward says, I think sometimes the mistake is made when we see the person's talent and their heart and think... If we get them to step into this, they will become closer to God and thus step away from the things we know are wrong in their life. It doesn't work in that order, though. It does right. not. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have something rattling around? Yeah. I mean, I just I just keep going back to and thinking about, like, that example that you gave of, like, picking the fruit before it's ready. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Like, it's a tough situation because – you know, when is ever when is anyone really ready that's, to well, step? That's my question. When was, is yeah. anyone really ready to step into ministry? It, it's hard, though, because I can see both sides of this equation. I see, you know, the people who maybe do have a big production, a big service, a big thing that happens on Sundays that no one's doing right now. Thank God. Um, that so oh so they're gosh. not so they're not able to do those things. And when you do those things and you have this big production, what do you need? You need people. You need leaders. Right. You got the, you know, the tires got to be, the, the machine's got to go on. Like the whole thing has to the function. The show must go on. The show must go on. And so Feed the at that point, it's really hard for people to get the care that they need and to have someone walk alongside them and to help them develop emotionally, spiritually, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And to get that maturity there. And, I, and to answer that question though, like when is somebody when ready? Is somebody because ready? there is. So well, there, I know you're going to. That's when, that's when, that's when the fruit is there and you can tangibly see it right and so and you can look at i mean even we're, we're i'm turned open to first timothy three right, right now it gives that. you the list son you know <laughs> what i mean it gives you the list about that leadership list, that list is incomplete bro no that's right i forgot, <laughs> forgot i'm kidding I'm no kidding. i no i got i got you but there is there is um just evidences you right. know what i mean and man again this is this goes back to our impatience with with wanting what God has, right? So we see that in people like, like Dub Hugs was saying, we see that in people, but rather than, than allow for and, and, and create space for that to grow, we suffocate it and say, it's t- the time is now. And just, and, oh, you know, God, God's God. So because of his sovereignty, he'll work it all out. You know yeah. what I mean? But think about this. Think about like a, a fruit being picked before it's ready, how it has all the potential in the world to grow, but to just... reach maturity, to have all of that happen. And yet it being picked at such a young age completely can destroy and derail what the future had to hell, what the future had in store 
because of what happened. Now, I know in the life of a believer, you may maybe say, oh, we feel like we're damaged good because this stuff happens. And God yeah, it, will always work it around, and it will happen at a later time. Yeah. But but stuff can get derailed like sure. that, and someone can end up going down this path that's a whole lot more damaging to them because an anxious or a needy leader that needed something decided, hey, they got the you know they got the skills. They just don't have the ability yeah. to, to, to sustain. So so Wes, he said a couple things, and I think it's it's noteworthy. First, he said, what about accepting a position without a true calling from the Lord? And then he goes on to say, that is why true calling is important. So what do you guys think about that phrase, true calling? And how do we know? Because I look back at everything that happened in my life, and I knew that I was truly called by the Lord. Like there's no doubt that I stepped into what I need to step into. But I know, again, looking back that I, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe the Lord thought I was ready. I think right now I'm just looking back and realizing that I carried a lot of that immaturity with me. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm realizing. I think in our minds when we, when we are called by the Lord, cause I've been called, you know what I mean? And, and, um, I think we have a vision, our own vision of what that looks like or where that should fit in. And I think that we pursue that, you know, we, we end up pursuing that sometimes over the true calling and true calling to me, like, dude, like coming, coming through and saying Ascension ministry for broken men, that is my true calling. You know what I mean? That's true to me now. And I know that for a fact. I had no idea 10 years it's ago. My truth. Yeah, yeah. My truth is my truth. So it's my truth. It's my truth. You, you just you just do you, bro. My God is my God, so you know. <laughs> that was a cute little eye roll. You, you liked did. that, didn't you? I did. So, but <laughs> man, got me all. Man, can't even can't even be serious on this show, man. <laughs> but, hey, you know, no, but like ten years ago, when someone said, "Man, you got a you got a call in your life," and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and then you and then I tried to plug myself in to figure these, it out. Try okay. to figure try to figure it out rather than allow for the process to dictate where I was growing. I tried to grow myself in that direction. So here are my thoughts on calling. I think calling is a loaded word, and I think that anytime anyone drops the word calling, they, our mind goes to normally one spot, and that's within ministry, and that's within a church. If someone talks about calling, oftentimes that's where you're thinking, I'm called into the ministry, or God is calling me to be a pastor or a leader of something like this. But, right. There's a certain set of roles or opportunities within the church right now that you can step into. Right. But I think it's a loaded word too, because when someone says called, it's almost almost like the ultimate Jesus card. No one can trump that. And I also think people throw it around too flippantly. And I think that it can often, not often, it can be a manipulation tactic to use that a very damaged person can use on another person, a manipulative person mm. to say, hey, brother, God's putting a calling on your life to step into this, 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 and this. And and I'm not saying that that's, that's probably not the majority, but it does happen. Well, dude, that's what, I mean, come on, tell me that as a Christian that you don't want to have somebody that you see as a spiritual authority or someone you love or, uh, you know, uh, respect, look you in the eye and say, brother, God put a huge call on your life and he's going to do amazing. Things Dude, how you. validating is that? How, I mean, you want to talk about finding worth, you right. know, there's, there's nothing like having someone tell you, I mean, to, to any Christian, probably the best and biggest thing that you can do is lead someone to Jesus or introduce them or play a role in that, whatever verbiage you want to use. But like, in in the majority of evangelical circles, it's getting the W, it's getting the, the salvation. That's what it is. And to know that you play a role in what seems to be the biggest and most important thing right. on the world, which is eternity, someone's eternity, 
of course, if you throw someone's worth and value into that, they're going to think, well, that's well, the then, most important thing. And me having a role in that is going to be huge. And then what seems to be the biggest W after that is getting them to to plug into or to go into full-time ministry, whatever that's going to look like for them. You right. Know, you know what's strange to me is the biggest W in my life concerning like ministry or calling or whatever actually came after the biggest loss. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So we, we set we set people up mm. by that. You know what I mean? Because we give the just we don't we, we we oftentimes don't tell them that the road of Jesus is a rough road, bro. Right. You know what I mean? Filled like, with L's, dude. It's it's it is. It's all loss. Yeah. It's all loss. Bloody hell. It, it is, man. And so, I, I you know exactly what you're saying. Pouring into people. Yes, we want. You know, if if God's leading you to do that, obviously don't do don't don't turn away from that. Right. But man, I we we forget to tell people that it's that 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 road leads to one place, and that's the cross, which leads to the death, which leads to the tomb. But the tomb experience is the womb experience, which leads to new life. But then we 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 just we we placate and we Dang, and bro, we, you're and we, on and we sugar like this. yeah we sugarcoat that, and then when all this stuff happens and you see people get shook to their core. You know what I mean? Because not maybe in their mind at the time, they thought they were serious about God, take it all, you, whatever you want to have. And when he does that, then you see people get shook, son. You know? and, Golly, and, and then, and then that, I, I believe that that creates a lot of the church hurt. I believe that creates. And Travis said something awesome up there. Any expectation on another human being is a premeditated resentment. Dang, son. And that's the truth. Mic man. Drop. Yeah, yeah, mic drop. Travis Crow. <laughs> maybe we should have him on the show. But... Bring the crow on the show. <laughs> but you know man, that's that's all good stuff. I I agree, man. I feel like right now I'm in one of the hardest seasons of my life that I've ever been in. But there's also more growth than I've ever had in my entire life. Dude, and that's the and, thing. and we have the and I have these conversations with Jason when we go I when I go through the these seasons. Bro, when I go through these seasons. It's like I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. I'm getting beat up. Oh, I dude. just feel I just feel like I'm getting attacked on all sides and there is more growth that comes from that. It's uncomfortable. I hate it. I'm ready for it to be over. I want to move on to the next season. But when I get into that next season, because I'm no longer in the furnace, it feels like the growth stops. And I know. It, it is so and then, easy. And then you, you're like, oh, God, I feel so far from you. And then, right. you know, and then we're right back to the furnace. Man. Right. But, and it's in the furnace that we're the closest to him. Oh, my gosh. Like, God it, is, and it I got And I got to tell you, man, like, and this is going to sound crazy, man. But like this morning, I woke up praising God for my divorce, man. Because, because in me, yeah. the only thing that ever broke me was, was a divorce. You know what I mean? And in that, I have experienced so much a depth of closeness to him that I have not had ever. And, even, and so and when you can really look at that and praise God for that situation, Crazy. you know what I mean? And say, God, thank you for breaking me wow. because, because that was me and my ego. That was me and my pride. Wow. And that man's dead now because of that Dang. instance right there. And so, but then he gave Dang. me a word about do when you're, when you're, when you're forging a weapon, man, you know, it's baptized in fire and in the water, right? Because you got, you, he puts you in the fire, man, and he's boom, boom, boom beating it into into shape right when it's shaped when it's shaped where is it? i mean it's hot 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 yeah. hot when it's shaped Solidi baptized it. in the water man Woo. both of those things are fire the, and water. both of those things are the spirit you know what spirit i mean the spirit has fire. multiple roles he's right. a fire and he's water right. man For and so in the and so at, right out so we need to Whoa. know and you need Whoa. to know and in and maybe that was a word for you but that when when you're no, getting yeah, pounded on and he's and he's shaping you into the weapon that he's going to shape you into, mm. man, and and the fire's hot and hot and hot, but the cooling is going to come after when he baptizes you in the water Whoa. and the coolness of the spirit. 
Holy I need a, crap, I need that sound. Bro. I need that sound bite, man. So check this out. I need that out. sound bite to go back and listen to over and over. That's a good word, man. Dude, it's really, it's really good. Jesus says um, that he's going to baptize us in spirit and fire. Yeah. Right. And so our God is a consuming fire. If you're close to God, there will be parts of you consumed in your intimacy with him. Listen, man, when you are a living sacrifice, the the fire consumes that sacrifice. When you offer yourself as a living sacrifice, do not think it's strange when you get burned, son, because he's going to light you on fire. He will. You know what I mean? John said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. Mm. Right. But what you said was that man died. And it was all about the consumption of that ego and that pride. Yeah. Right. So, man, getting close to the Lord, that stuff's going to get burned up. And that right? to me is going to get consumed. And I'm not saying that I'm mature, but but that to me is evidence of maturity. You know what I mean? Maturation. Maturation. Yes. The process of maturation. You know? Yeah. And yeah, process. And. Man, when you see a guy, when, to me, man, how do you know when someone's ready? You you see a dude that's like, oh, hell with it, I've man. I lost, I lost everything, I've but man, praise up. God for yeah. that. Praise God that I lost everything. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just, we, we got to stop with, with, with what we're presenting people, you know, when we right. say you, you want leaders, man, I want, I want fire born leaders. You know, okay. I so so here's that have been through right. the fire. fire. So, but here's, here's the leaders. thing, man, is that's that's pretty good. How, when when have you in your ministry experience ever looked at a brother in the church and said, "Man, that bro's fireborn, born of fire." Yeah. Never. Look at Chris. I just like that phrase, "fireborn." Or yeah. Wow. Yikes. Golly. I'm teeing off. I'm fireborn sorry. by bro. No. Fireborn podcast <laughs> You're coming in hot, man. Fireborn. But podcast see, but, is that, coming. but that's and even, fireborn podcast. Even that, even that right there, dude, is like. God. I, feel, I love that. I love that. I love being able to minister like that. And that's not, and now that my, my ego and my, my pride is, is reduced, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's gone all the way. I'm sure there's more fire to come, but I, you welcome that man. You're like, right. you're like, yeah, man, put me back in son. Because like, because that's, so that's, this what, is what James meant by rejoice in your suffering. James yeah. two, James right. one, two and four, two, three, rejoice four. in your trials because the suffering brings about it produces. I mean, so here, so here's what I, you know, the question that we've been talking about, what's the phrase that we've been using to describe this episode, the leading, leading beyond your level of maturity. Okay. So I think the mature, it sounds like what we're kind of coming to is that the maturity comes in through the fire. The problem is, is that, or, or attention can lie when a leader, a ministry leader, a pastor looks at someone and they just want that person for what they can provide. It's almost like you have to come to the table and you have to be like, Hey, look, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to walk through these seasons with you with zero expectations. Because if you go around and you start looking for people that are going through the fire, just because they're going to become fireborn leaders, which is good. I mean, you're still wanting something. You're still expecting something of them. It's still this trades of goods and services. And yeah, that's you, where the problem, but is. you still know though, like fireborn that, that it's good. I think to me, I'd take I'd take one of those over a hundred half Christians, man. You know right. what I mean? Somebody that hasn't that hasn't felt a squeeze. And I you think know what I, mean? I think a big mistake that is made is in we when we assume that the product of the fire is going to be what we placed on them before they went in, thinking that Casey going through the fire is going to be this refined worship leader. Oh right, except yeah, yeah, yeah. not. 
No, yeah, that's no, not who yeah, he's so becoming. It's like, so it's like we're looking at God who has the ultimate vision of what this thing's going to be forged, and we go ahead and say, right. God's forging this for me and for my purpose when right. God's like, hey, man, I got a whole – I got a whole look, other because thing Look, look what, what came from you. It's something outside of the walls of a church. It's something outside. It's on a mountaintop. Like right. It's walking with other people. When you take this word calling – and you and you get burned and you go through the fire all of a sudden and maybe you experience some of that church hurt you're no longer just looking through the lens of okay god how are you going to use me here it's like all right god whatever I, you want to do is on the table and you know and i don't want to harp too much on on because like i said through the sovereignty man what jason has become what you have become chris and i've known both of you when you first got here both of you yeah you know what i mean and and so Dude, i was chilling so in your I, mom's basement i know you lived in my parents house, right, and i couldn't even live there yeah, so it's I like took what? Your spot, bro. i know but it's like it's, it's like wild. how how, how can is. i Although it did hurt, although we've been through that, like, how can I not praise God for that situation and using that? And obviously, I'm not saying, oh, it's okay. God's sovereignty trumps all because, but, but now able to warn or but able he, to, but to, it does, right? Know? That's what, and that's what, like, it, it's like, we would never like looking at the things that I've been through, the ministry experiences that I've had, maybe even what some, maybe I wouldn't go as far as to say abuse, at least in my case, but, but a lot of the things that I've experienced that have been negatives that have felt like L's within ministry, they've shaped me. They've, they've helped led me. They've helped lead me to where I am now. And I don't want to change any of that. I mean, sure, right. even these fires that we're going through right now, these furnace moments, if you like, weren't church, if they're you, all changing. If, 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 if real, if, if we lived in utopia, and right. nobody was hurt in church. You know what I mean? If, if if you weren't ever hurt in church, would you have ever looked outside of the walls of the church? <sighs> no. Exactly. No. Man, and God's I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like God burned the walls of the church down for me. Honestly. And it's like, hey, listen, like there's there's a whole world out there, a world that I'm not confined to this box, and and I'm gonna take you there. Right. And I'm gonna. Do I'm not. Things. I'm not just here in this one place on Sunday. I'm I'm 176 feet up in the top of a tree. You know what I mean? I'm here. I'm there. I'm in the pit. I'm everywhere in between. I'm in every molecule, every atom, and the space in between. You know what I mean? Like, and we 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 confine it to something like that. Right. But like I said, if we had never experienced that hurt, then I would have never pushed pushed and pressed on because i knew that there was more to it than this and and without without that that thing that that blocked me or, or boxed me in i would have never searched and i would yeah. have never found man well who was it that um did the the statue of david michelangelo yeah so he was the only one that could see within that big stone slab slab, slab of, rock. of rock that david was in there and he chiseled him out and the and the problem that we that we make or the issue that we have is that again we look at that stone and we think there's something else in there, right? And so we we're like, Casey, if I can just get you to the, this this and that, and if you just commit to this and you get into this position and you do these things, then you're going to become this man that God wants you to be. Except I've just placed my vision for your life on you, yeah. and I'm trying to speed things up to get you to be there. Right. But the the broken, burnt up. Um, pride less ego killed Casey that sits before me now is not leading worship at my church plant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's who I saw you as like, Oh, if we can just get him, man, he'll be great. And this, that, and the other, and you he's got it. the tattoos. He's going to attract the millennials. Although I, I Do you still, see how he wears his slouchy beanie? Dang. I still want you to come hang out with us. <laughs> no, I'll be the there. Source and do some. Speaking of worship at the source, I'll be Have doing that on Friday. Have you seen Christ tattoo? Christ <laughs> mind? Have you seen? We're going to sing oceans tonight. Okay, guys. <laughs> Casey. You're gonna uke. We're gonna, gonna have the, the best looking worship leader in the room. <laughs> in the room. In the room. I don't know. 
not a problem um, in the room. So let bro, I'll, there's lots of comments. I know. I want to. I want to just real quick. Jordan Savage, Dang, shout out to Jordan, him. Jordan is He's just up. saying it. what's up. Um, he's going let us know he's been listening and that he uh, he appreciates what we're doing. And so that's that's awesome, man. Jordan, we appreciate you listening. And then uh, what's his name here? Travis said, "Loss equals love." So let's talk about that, man. The father, God's love, right? And so he can actually put us through loss. How's that loving? Casey, I know you've been struggling with that one. It. Why, I'm going to take that away from you because if, it's going to harm you. Right. Kind right. Of. But, man, and I, and I, you know, I, I can tell you this past year, numerous times, man, laying in my bed, literally saying that this is love. That's what love is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love to you is, is allowance of, of me to, to keep doing this, to hurt, to hurt yeah. people around me, to hurt my wife. You know what I mean? Like her feelings, you know, I was like, that that's love. That doesn't seem like love, but man, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how to explain it, man, but that is love because that, that shed, that shed my false self off of me, you Dang know? That, yeah. And that's, that's a realized self in Christ and all these things, man. And man, that's painful, you know, because you're, you're ashamed of it because you're like, man, so much false had just felt. And that to me is love, man, because if he wants me to realize the truth of my existence inside of him, what like, but, but we want, we don't want the process. We want the result. You know, we don't, we oh, don't we want, want, yeah, we want to live past the process. It's like, we want to be on the other right. side of it right? Yeah. with, and with Derek, the benefits. And right. And I, and I was complaining to Derek Shore about this, you know what I mean? About, about, mm, about Derek, just want, that dude. Yeah, me too. Mm. Just wanting to, wanting to That's be like through Derek it. slash Yoda being, mm. being wanted, wa- wanting to be straight through it. And he's like, but what character does that build? God, what, what, you know what I mean? Not, and then I was like, and then I told him, there ain't nothing I, remember, there for you. I remember I told him, I was like, yeah, but he could just take me there right now and then sprinkle a little bit of character on top. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's that's how that character dust. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Character dust. Give me that character sauce. But it's <laughs> true. But it's true. Process, growth, man, and character bay. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, and, so uh, today today I was on a run before before I word. came here. And uh I've I really have been trying to train for the mountain that we're gonna go. Phantom Terrace, conquering the Phantom Terrace in June twenty twenty. And I know that if I do not train, I will not see the top of that mountain. It's just not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The process sucks. It sucks. <laughs> sucks cherries. I wasn't going to tell you what it sucks, <laughs> but it sucks. It does. It really sucks. And I was running and I thought I'm going to run because I know that this is part of the training to get me to that place. Cause I want to be there and we have to go through that grueling process and it's grueling. What does he we say? We have to fill the fire of the furnace. What does he say about suffering? It says it yields a harvest of righteousness to those who have been trained, trained by it. By it. Mm. Yeah. Well, exact. Jordan says exactly, man. The church always wants the result, but doesn't want to go through that process with you. Well, Snap, with you. son. It's it's the truth, man. Do you think? Do you think you guys would have? I mean, I know this is all speculation, but do you think you'd be where you were today, not having gone through that church hurt, if things would have panned out, if you would have had, like you know, a pastor that walked alongside you and kind of helped you through some of the, or do you think that who you are today, it's like the Phoenix rising from the ashes. It's like this character has been birthed, you know, this Christ-like character has been birthed through those, 
those unlikely or those un you know those situations that aren't good. I think we had we had a little bit more success. It might have been the most devastating thing based on what we saw as success. I'd have probably risen so high that I would have fell hard. Right. That's probably what would have happened. And I think it might have been in the Lord's mercy and grace and all within his will to allow things to go the way that they did to bring me to this place, maybe in a more subtle or gentle kind of way. I have no idea. I have another question. Go for it. Do you think it – obviously anything's possible. Do you think that it's likely that the experiences that we're having are – are happening to people who are still in the system, like in the hustle and bustle of ministry, even if that's just a volunteer who's serving at a high level, that they are experiencing these Phoenix rising from the ashes moments in that system. I mean, I know that's a, I know that's that's a hardcore speculation. Yeah, man. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Or do you think that the system keeps you almost kind of blind from really opening your eyes to what's going on. And it's like, I got to do this thing. I got to serve in this ministry. I got to do that. Like Corey Howard says, you can't experience revival if you haven't died. It's true. (laughs) Damn Corey, (laughs) bro, get a podcast. There's a difference between resuscitation, resuscitation and resurrection. Resurrection. Mm, That's true. That's one of those ones that God dropped on you. Yeah. bro. I'm just thinking about some of the people that I know in my life that, are dying for God to change them. Like they've, you know, we've had conversations and they're just stuck in this ministry rut, hustling, trying to get the best live going on Sunday morning so that they can get people to tune in right now. You That's know, killing them. isolated, well, they lonely. Well they, well, they don't want to, they don't want to let anybody down. So they continue to do I it. I mean, so I just quit. Yeah. quit. Why would you do something that your heart's not in? There's a lot of reasons why for a lot of pastors, a big thing is money. Like, what am I going to, I got no skills outside of How this. How much dependence what am does I that do? show in the Lord? I, bro, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All I'm saying though, is that that is a, I've talked to multiple pastors in this city that if, if they look at their skill set and go, bro, this is all I got. I got nothing else. I'm not saying, I mean, in, in some ways that may even be a mark of maturity or lack thereof. Well, realizing, yeah, I, you know, We've talked about this multiple times, but I think what people need right now is the freedom to step out of some things that maybe they've been doing in order to allow the Lord to work on them in a way that maybe has been hindered or slowed because of the continued hustle and bustle and busyness. Right. But I mean, and and if you're, if you're for the sake of staying in what's comfortable doing something that you do not love, man, sometimes, I mean, how can how are you going to experience God as being, you know, unless you take, unless you, and I'm not telling if you're, if you're on here and you're like, oh my gosh, Casey said to step out of ministries, I'm going to do that. No, I'm just saying, man, you know, with those guys, with, with people, if your heart's not really in it, man, and you feel like you need to change, like, but it's too scary or you, you're going to let somebody down, man. Don't, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't worry about that, honestly. You know what I mean? Because, because those steps of faith, large steps of faith, faith require large graces, man. And like, that's, that's a large find in my, my opinion. But you know, if you go to the Lord and you just honestly, say like, father, I, I like doing this because it makes me feel worthy. It makes me feel like I have worth. It makes me feel like I'm actually doing something in the kingdom. It makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger than myself, but I'm unhealthy and I need to work through some things Lord, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to put down title. I'm going to put down the paycheck. I'm going to step out of the role because I would rather be in a healthy place with you than an unhealthy place somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? But for a lot of people, 
that's not modeled. That doesn't. Where do you see people do that? Only on those the aren't, those aren't the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right. Those aren't the <laughs> people. Bro, those aren't the people <laughs> that are leading podcasts that are top in the charts in church planning. There's no church planners that are doing that stuff. There's no pastors that are that are talking Francis about Chan. these things. Like, well, yeah, there's Francis Chan, but even Chan, people go. What do they do? They literally just say what I said. Well, that's Francis Chan. Like he's in this other boat. He's this other person. Like he's one of the few people that when you look at it, it's like, dang, homeboy did it. And he called it out. And somehow or some way or another, he's like maintained his we have to, respect we within just, the, the We just have the church. Yeah, we, we, we put that to somebody else. Oh, well, they're just in another boat. It's like, man, well, then get in your own. You know what I mean? It's like we have got to. We it's your have, own boat. Yeah, dude, we've got to get out. We have got to shed off those chains of fear, man. Michael like Bowman. that is not trust. You know, and, and, and we, we talk all the time about, okay, well, I want to experience God more and more. And this is coming from me because this is what I've been saying. And I've been reading this book by Andrew Murray called absolute surrender. And there's another one by him called humility and absolute surrender, man, like becoming absolutely nothing so that he can become everything. And so when, when, when you become nothing like that, then, then what happens, man, then he can, then he's allowed to be everything. And what he, his everything is, is a lot better than my everything, man. And so, but there's this mentality of fear though, man, like that's, that's fear. That's a distrust. That's mistrust. That's not placing your trust in God. That's placing you. That's placing trust in the paycheck. That's placing trust in the church. That's place, you know what I mean? And obviously the, the church, I'm not saying the church is a bad thing, but man, above everything else, man, like the trust in God is, is it that's final, right? You know, that's final. That's, that's it. You know? And, and then I said, I said this in the blog too, and I'll say it again, man, God doesn't call us to a life of safety. He calls us to a life of absolute and complete trust. Right. By how many times are we playing it safe? Because we've mm. been plugged in somewhere we don't want to be right. and shouldn't have been in the first place. I mean, yeah. I can tell you that, you know, there's multiple seasons where being in ministry was the most unhealthy thing for me, but because I'm good at it, or there was a bend, or there was a, a teaching gift, or whatever you want to call it, or someone affirmed something in me and it felt good. Like, I think I have been at my most unhealthy while leading in ministry positions. I, I can almost say that with a right. fact that I've been that my before. most unhealthy self in those situations. And so for me, it's kind of like, you know, someone who who's wrestling with any sort of addiction or anything. Why would you go and be around that thing if you know it's going to do that to you? Why would I place myself in a position of ministry if I know that it's going to give me this dopamine hit or this whatever? Or I mean, right? Or this? Well, you were called. You were called to ministry. Purpose. I was called. You were called. So Casey, I was going to say <laughs> that faith is not required in a place of certainty. Right. Right. And we live by faith, not by sight. And so. If we can see or conclude that we can be certain about a situation, well, then we, we're not going to exercise. Then why would faith. I do anything else? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if my if my chief end is my safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that I can provide for myself a static situation that's not going to move. Mm -hmm. I mean, seemingly not going to move. Yeah. But if I can have it in control, then what faith is I've, that? You I've know? called it idealistic utopia. Like this ideal perfect place where nothing bad ever happens. You get everything you want. And essentially, that's a place when Jesus in Revelation told the church of Laodicea that they, he said, for you say you're rich and I need nothing except except I tell you that you're poor, pitiable, blind and naked. That word rich means fully resourced by through self. Mm. Yeah. And so when we when we have everything that we need and we depend on self for all things, well, then we're never going to turn 
to Yahweh, to the Lord, to do anything in us because we have no need for yeah, it. Yeah, right, because we have everything that we need. But we talk about loss equals love. If the Lord causes loss in your life, that's a loving act. And like, I think it's Amos, the um, it's one of the prophets. He gives He's a word famous. and basically yeah. says, famous Amos, he mm -hmm. basically says, for I have called pestilence to ruin your land. And I filled your camps with the stench of the, the dead army beyond, you know, the gates of the city. I've caused, um, the plants not to grow and I've caused famine and I've caused the rivers to dry up. And he goes on to say, yet you've still refused to come to me. And so the Lord was saying that was an act of love to get them to be in a place of need, to actually come to, to him, turn to him, right? To turn to him. And I mean, that's really interesting stuff there. You know, how do we, it's hard to reconcile yeah, some of those reconcile, things, right? Yeah. How do you reconcile that? But you know, honestly, it's also a loving, I mean, you act. can reconcile it as, as this is a loving God pursuing, right? Even though it doesn't seem like a pursuit. Well, it's a loving God to make us face our greatest fear and then to bring us through it to take away the power of the greatest fear that we Ooh. face. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Chris smiled. Did I just you see his face. He was, like, he was like, this. he was like, you did the thing where it's like, you say the thing and then you turn it around to make a point. You just repeat it backwards. I did the like thing the other way. Yeah. You did the pastor thing. Put your thing down, flip it and reverse it. If you're not, flip it to mom, yep, flip. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, mom, yep, flip. this water is good. Good water is, <laughs> is this. this. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like, boof. Oh my oh God. Oh my God, Mike Frost. Son. Like, you, you touch your spouse. You see what you what he just said? Oh my gosh. Wild is wild. Wild is wild. But man, like, go, going back to, you know, leadership and leading beyond our maturity, man, I, you know, like, what's the answer? You know, don't lead, step out, yeah. let the Holy spirit lead you. You know, I was going to say this earlier about calling. I, calling is one of those words that I kind of just want to toss from my vocabulary. And I think it would be beneficial. I'm going to motion for everyone to just get rid of the word calling because I think it's, a, I think it's just a loaded word. <laughs> MSP. Uh, I, uh, second that motion. <laughs> Here's what I, I mean. Honestly, how much better would it just say to be, to say, I feel like the Lord is leading me to do this. It's the same thing. Sure. It's the exact well, same I'll, thing, I'll, yeah, except I'll, there's so much more weight that comes with calling. Let me, like let me direct Casey you. has scripture. Let By me, the way, we're a Christian podcast. And <laughs> yeah, we do, uh, might as well nah, break I think out we the need Bible. to do away with the word Christian. No, um, so <laughs> I agree. Here's here's <laughs> here's a case in point. Here's a it. case in point. Hey, here's a Casey point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Acts thirteen two. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, yes. "Separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them and sent them away. And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucus and from, and from the port, they, they sailed away to Cyprus. And so can you, I couldn't, can no, you I go and man, right there, you know, before they, they didn't say, they didn't, you know, say, Hey, look, we should probably send, you know, like this and this and this or do that. They were praying and they were fasting about that, man. They, they went before the Lord and the Lord told them who to separate. And it was the right. Holy Spirit's work. Right. And he set them his apart. Work. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. well, he told them to separate them unto him. Yeah. It was their work to separate those people unto the Lord, mm -hmm. not to bring them into their oh, own vision. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know ah. what I mean? Yeah. So you he, so you're saying you that there, se that you there separate is, them unto me. Like there is a human people? so you're saying that there's a human responsibility that comes into play with this. I'd say I'd say but what I'm what I'm saying here is that you know 
God asking them to separate them unto him, right? Our work is not to bring those people to us and to, cause what if, right. cause what if it is separate, you know, separate Jason unto my work? You know what I mean? Pray. What did they do? They laid hands on him. They prayed for him. Right. You know what I mean? They sent them on their way to, to the work that the Holy Spirit. Did. I mean, and it was that open-minded thing. It wasn't like, Hey, we're going to pray. And Oh, there guess what? No, You're called here. They were fasting and praying when this happened. There right. was nothing there. They were searching for the will of God in that situation. And they, what did yeah. They do. They were they were alone in the room. They were even declining food. You know what I mean? Like they wanted to hear God and no distractions whatsoever. You know, imagine a dis, like distractionless. You know, prayer. You know what I mean? And 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 to to hear him so clearly that they knew right. exactly. Rather than, well, here's the model of church. Here's the model of church planning, and so we need to fit this role and this role and this role. Who looks the best? Rather than really I getting on your freaking face, you know what I mean, and denying yourself, you know, to really find out the will of the Lord. Yep. You know, how to set people apart for the work of the Lord. Number one, get put, it on your freaking face. Put your hands on them. Decline son. room service. Number two, give them them hands. <laughs> You're gonna get these hands, <laughs> these holy hands. Don't be hasty in the laying. You'll on catch hands. these hands, bro. <laughs> don't be hasty on the laying on of hands, That's son. Right. I'm, not hasty. Hands, yeah. I'm not hasty. Catch this oh holy kiss. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Well, uh, well, I don't feel like we really did. This we didn't question. do anything, man. We had we a lot of. There were a lot bro, of good things that we, were said. But... We, we said what we needed to say. Ward Dub Hug said, "I really needed this tonight," and. um Attaboy Ward. See, we yeah. even had the expectation of well, if we didn't go, if we didn't follow an outline and wrap it up with the close with a closer, then it didn't work. Well, and someone, yeah, we've been getting mad love. Uh oh, someone's pissed. <laughs> no, he's not mad. He's just talking. Jordan's talking about how he told one of his. No, no, no. I mean the mad the face, the pissed face. Oh, somebody's upset. We got a hater. Oh no, hater alert! <laughs> it was the wrong. I think they hit the wrong button. That's no, I they definitely heresy alert. Heresy alert. Heresy. Sheep in wolf's clothing. Yeah, bro, yeah. Those. Those bills. Has go anyone off. called you a, she uh, uh, a, sheep a tool of Satan lately? Didn't someone no. call you a tool? Oh of Satan? yeah, I was. I was told Thank that you, I Corey. was of my father. Oh, of your devil. father's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me that. Hey, one how's, time. how's your was, old man doing? Did you? <laughs> Who's that? Hello, hello Say hello Satan. to your father for me, Lucifer. <laughs> you got your eyes from Satan. From your <laughs> I'm like, my eyes. Where does he get? Where did he get them hips where'd, from? He got it from his daddy. You, where'd you get those? Where'd you get them red cheeks? He get it from his daddy. The red yep. rosy cheeks. Yo, daddy devil. <laughs> oh my gosh. He well, get it from his daddy. That's how you land the plane, boys. Yo, that's how's your, how you end the how's your pops do? <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. Mother, send love to the fam. How's the old? Uh, good. What's this? The star. What? What is he? Lucifer. The isn't he like named a star in the scripture? I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't know the I, scripture like that. So. I lost it, <laughs> yeah. bro. You're reading from the book of Enoch, man. <laughs> hey, Enoch brings it, bro. He does bring it. We can talk about why we've rejected uh, many other books within the canon that bro, millions, millions, Ooh, dude, that would be millions of other Christians that, around the world actually accept. Have you canon. seen yeah. that? Have yeah. you seen? Dog. I feel like you sent me a chart like, that was uh -oh, like uh -oh. in America. Here we go. How they were talking about Round like two. how in America we have our canon and there's so many other other uh, denomination or sects of. Christians we around don't the say world. say that word on this podcast. It was sex? Sins? <laughs> denominations. <laughs> oh, denominations. Oh, you hate that word or what? No, I was saying sex, but that's funny. Uh, sex of... Sects. But how sex. they... All of these different people have uh, the different canons. Yes. So these... The, you know, we've rejected books that others 
lots of others, oh, yeah. hundreds of others have accepted right. and, and they can Man, the canon. like really when I was looking into Eastern Orthodoxy, like I found letters from St. Clement of Rome, mm-hmm. who was a, so, you know, whenever the, the disciples used to, like they used to lay their hands on to pass down their lineage of who they had laid their hands on. Yeah. And St. Clement was a direct disciple and had his had Paul of Paul and Paul laid his hands on him to to confirm him and so he wrote these letters and I was reading these letter these letters from St. Clement to Rome and I'm just saying I know heck? man I must not oh, be Casey. Christian you must not be Christian I'm no saying it's like Casey, well, well, Casey. I'm like well why is this not in the Bible it's just basically the same stuff Bro, Jesus was saying hold on King James Version Bible John MacArthur John Piper only people you can read that's it just saying no unless you're you know you read anything else? You're of your, you're of your dad. You're of your daddy. You're, you're old chip pops. off. Chip off the old block. Which yeah. block is that? Really? The, the apple didn't fall far from the Satan. tree, did it? That's right. <laughs> the tree of the knowledge of good oh and evil. It's <laughs> correct. Oh my gosh! Wow. All right. Well, let's call it, boys. Sorry if you're a leader and you feel like you're leading beyond. They're like, your they're readiness. like, wow, this was directional. <laughs> I could just imagine someone like, oh my god, I really need this topic, and they just sit like this, waiting to take notes, and they take zero notes because <laughs> there's just nothing to take down. No they're, they're like, dang, son, were, this is finally what I needed. There were, there were no notes taken, zero notes zero given. Zero notes taken from this. Son. He gave no notes that day, son. No notes, man. I give zero. We pitched notes, that no no podcast. <laughs> that no notes. That good good. Oh my god. I give no. No notes, son. SaltyDogsPodcast.com. Check out the contact us page. Show us an email. <laughs> Do all the fun stuff. Join our I don't Facebook really. I don't really want to get off the air, bro. We, we don't have to, to get I, off the I air. Get but, home. but we can call the podcast. We don't have to get off the air. Yeah. You don't have to go you home, but you, well, you can stay here, I guess. No, I got to go. But you guys can stay here. Hmm. Do whatever you guys do. I think we're going we're gonna to call it <laughs> Salty Dogs. Salty Dogs out. out. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Wow. Salty really? Dogs out. Yeah, that's what Jason. Salty dogs out. That's the line. Give your give Salty your dogs final out. thing. My final. Yeah, thing? give your, okay. like, your, your sign your, off. Your, what's your and sign that's off? the way the uh, cookie crumbles. See, see you later, guys. Like what? 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 what Peace out, homeboy. Yeah. Say hi to your dags. Satan. Do you like dags? You like dags? Salty dags. Salty dags. You like dags? I remember when you showed me that movie. I had to fight. I do have to fight. That's a big fella. That's for sure. Oh, kids, how'd I get to... I'm gonna get a pair of them shoes. <laughs> Your state of the job's done. Your state of the job is done. It's good stuff. All right. Salty All right. dogs. Out. Yeah. <laughs>